Hi, and welcome to the Slush Podcast. As you probably know, Slush is the world's leading startup event. You're about to hear an interview conducted at Slush 2017 on the Founder Studio stage, where the biggest names in tech sit down for an intimate Q&A. Charlotte Taliukas interviewed Philip Kaplan, who's the founder and CEO of DistroKid, one of the world's largest music distributors. Philip talked about how to get your first 100,000 users, as he's got a lot of experience with that. So let's get to it. Welcome to Finland and welcome to Slush. It's your first time in Helsinki. First time Any in Helsinki. Any first impressions? Uh, I love it. I love the people say bad things about the weather, but I'm a big fan of the kind of the ugly weather, so I really like it. So our topic for the next half an hour is how to get your first 100,000 users. So um, please submit sort of marketing and growth hacking related questions, and um, I'll be picking them up from the Slido. So Philip, when and how did you get your first 100,000 users? So hi, I'm Philip. I, I I started up. I don't know if there's anybody old enough here to remember Fucked Company, <clears throat> the couple of old people in the crowd. So. That was one of my first forays. It was a blog that I started that made fun of the internet crash of 2000. Had about four million readers a month. Um, after that, I, I started, can't remember them all, an iPhone app called Punch Your Friends, which was the sixth biggest app on the App Store. Um, I started, uh, I'm skipping over a bunch, but I... I uh, my current company, DistroKid, is the, one of the biggest music distributors in the world. So we help 200,000 artists get their music into iTunes and Spotify. And we, I have a social network for musicians called Fandalism, which has 700,000 members. I wrote a book for Simon & Schuster that was a, a big bestseller. So, so a lot of things over the years. And I'm leaving some out of get, getting users. And, and typically... <clears throat> and I... And I and, uh, Enough about me. Look, uh, typically when I when I have an idea and I've 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 found a lot of different things, um, I'll, there's probably a lot of I'm I'm guessing many of, of you are entrepreneurs. That's why you're here, um, listening to this. Uh, having an idea is one thing. Um, having a, a great idea for a product or a site or something that you want to build. Um, but for me, it's not yet a good idea until I've also thought of a brilliant way to market it. So somebody might say to me, here's my business idea. What do you think? And to me, I hear, like, here's my idea. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what I think of the idea. Do you have a great way to market it and to get a lot of users? Um, so just to, you know, I'm going to try to give, like, practical things that, that you could potentially just, you know, go home and go into the office and use. Um, but just in, generally speaking, every, every couple of years, there's, there's, <clears throat> there's a lot of ways to do it. But, but one thing is every couple of years, there's a channel that is available for sort of viral growth um, that, that usually lasts for about a year and then goes away. It lasts for a couple of years and goes away. So in the early days... You know, you had, um, well, like everybody remembers, I don't know if you remember, if signing up when you signed up for LinkedIn or something like that, and they had these address book importers where 
it would automatically like email all of your con, you know, all of your uh, your contacts, you know, sign up for this thing. So email was one of those channels that kind of came and then went because that stuff would get blocked by spam filters. Um, there was a time during the dot-com crash when banner advertising was very cheap and nobody was doing it. And companies like Zappos, the, the shoe company, took advantage of that while it was cheap. Um, you had affiliate programs at one point, and affiliate programs are ways for like regular people to refer customers uh, to your business, and that was very novel a long time ago, and that's one of the ways that eBay grew. Um, you had, uh, everybody knows uh, Zynga, and Mark Pincus, my friend who's the founder of Zynga, is here in, in the building somewhere. Um, Zynga really took advantage of when the Facebook viral channel was open. So everybody remembers getting the Facebook notifications for Farmville and stuff like that. And that was one that came and then it kind of went. Um, today, uh, there's a couple of things. There's uh, like influencer marketing, you know, people who are famous on Instagram and YouTube. That's like a relatively new thing that's it's kind of on it on the way out because it's it's starting to get expensive, um, but there was a time when you know you people who were on uh, a, a time like a year ago uh, when people who are on uh, YouTube and Instagram you know had had a, had way bigger audiences than some of the biggest TV shows in the world yet also were broke, so that you know you had this sort of imbalance, um, and then uh, and then today actually advertising is a little bit of the, you know, of Facebook advertising in particular, um, Google advertising kind of hit a plateau with like, it's not such a great deal anymore, but um, sorry if there's any Google people, but uh, Facebook uh, advertising is, you know, a great thing now. Um, yeah, I mean, I could go on forever and I want to get into like specifics, but I'll, I'll pass it over. Thank you, that was a great introduction. We actually have a few questions from the audience, so I'm gonna uh, pick a couple here. Um, retention. So you've got your users. How do you keep them coming back? Well, it's funny. You have your users. How do you keep them coming back? That, that is, of course, the big... Uh, that's, that's, that's sort of the obvious next question after you how to get the users. Um, that, a lot, has to do with actually the quality of the product. Um, there's a saying that... Uh, and the person who's asking that question might, might fall into this category. There's a saying... Nothing kills a bad product faster than good marketing. <laughs> so uh, if your product line. is terrible, obviously you're going to have a bad time. You can get a bunch of people to come to your rock show, but if your band doesn't, doesn't groove, you know, you're going to have a problem. So that's really where the, where the quality of the product comes in. Um, I know that's like not like something you can hang your hat on, but that's, that's generally uh, how that happens. Uh, can you talk a bit about you've done this sort of... Uh, hundred thousand user growth hack multiple times now. Um, has there been sort of a valley of death kind of a phase? And uh, what do you do when you are at 99,000 and growth has slowed down a lot? So, in general, there are several categories um, of growth. So the things that you... So let me, let me rewind a little. What I do is... As entrepreneurs, we think about, we obsess over our products and the features and all the things that your company does. When you meet another entrepreneur, the first thing they tell you is what their company does. Uh, what I implore entrepreneurs to do is stop thinking about your product 
for like a month and just think about marketing. And, you know, when, when you're walking around, when you're in the shower, you know, all the times that you're thinking about your product, stop thinking about your product and start thinking about the marketing. And typically come, you, you can very easily come up with a list of like 100 different things you want to try to grow. And oftentimes, just one of them needs to work. So some examples. Um, so you have... Obviously, we talked about paid ads. We have business development, which is doing a deal with another company that's going to refer customers to you. We have live events, so that means either you know coming to an event like this and and uh, you know promoting or or throwing a, a live event. And I can give example, like an example of that is uh, Evite, which is the online system for sending invitations to parties. Um, started. Uh, when they would throw amazing parties, they'd get some well-known DJ or something like that. And to go to the party, you had to RSVP, you had to, to say that you were going to come online using their system. So nobody had seen online invitations at the time, and they said, well, let's have an amazing party. And you got to use our system to, uh, to RSVP to get in. So that's a, a live event. Um, you got contests. You have... Um, interesting sort of out-of-the-box things that use your product specifically. A good example is Twitter. So the way that Twitter really got going um, was at a uh, South by Southwest, which is a, an event sort of like Slush in Texas in the USA. And they uh, nobody had heard of Twitter at the time. And they had TV screens up around in the venue that they paid just a little bit to, to get up uh, in the venue. And the TV screens were just a live stream of every single tweet as it came in. There weren't that many tweets. You know, there was one tweet every couple of minutes. So you could show every tweet. And people thought it would be funny to, to put, you know, funny comments or where the next party was or just, you know, have a funny thing like on the screen. And so everybody was registering for Twitter so they could tweet. Um, and then, of course, at, at the end of the conference, Twitter became a thing. Um, so contest, uh, biz dev, I'm leaving out a few, but the idea is you could always, uh, what are some good examples? I'll, uh, here's another one. Uh, uh, creating controversy is a really big one, and it's something I've done a lot and uh, that's worked for a lot of people who I've advised. Um, so I'll just give you one example. Uh, so we talked about uh, Fucked Company, which was this blog I had a long time ago. Um, that kind of made fun of internet companies that were going out of business, the way that I got that off the ground uh, was I found, and this may seem a little spammy, but people liked it, so who knows. But um, I, I created a new Gmail address. It was actually Hotmail at the time. Um, and I, I, there was a community, uh, an online community. It's called the WAC List. It doesn't matter, but it's a... It's a List, an email listserv of about 7,000 web designers. Um, and I posted a link to my new blog, which was a blog that kind of made fun of internet companies that were going out of business at the time in 2000. And I posted a link to it as, not as me, just as like I made up a name. And I said, look at this asshole. Look at this website. This is terrible. And I, and I put it out in the community. And then the community got really involved, and they were like, half of them were like, yeah, this is terrible, I hate it. And then half of them were like, this is amazing, this is like the greatest thing I've ever seen. And this whole sort of, you know, argument uh, happened online, and then I just kind of backed out. Um, and the next day, there were 24,000 registered users. 
um, just growing that way. So, so that's, that's another thing that you can do. And actually on that note, the people want to know, is Fuck Company making a comeback anytime soon? Um, uh, Fuck Company, no, not making a comeback. Um, people are especially asking that with what's happening with Bitcoin right now. Uh, no, it's, it's probably not making a comeback. You know, never go back. Always be moving forward. Don't work on old things. Okay, that's a wonderful advice. Um, yeah, keep sending questions as well. Let's talk about human resources. A lot of us are startups. Um, just out of curiosity, how many of you are sort of product versus marketing? Maybe a show of hands. Are you a marketing person? And are you more of a product person? So in general, um, I highly advise that uh, entrepreneurs typically do your own marketing, at least at the beginning. So um, we didn't talk about press, PR. By the way, before you do marketing, there's you, you kind of want to know, you need to decide who you're trying to reach. So, for example, am I trying to get users, which we're kind of talking about? Am I trying to get investors? Am I trying to get business partners like biz dev development? Um, am I trying to build my own personal brand? Am I trying to increase the morale of my employees? And there's all sort of different targets for these different things. So, for example, if you want investors, um, you might, if we're just talking about press, you would typically want uh, like the tech press. Um, if you wanted business development relationships, you typically would want press in the trade magazine. So I'm in the music business now, so it would be something like in Billboard magazine or something, whatever your industry is. Um, if you want to build your personal brand, um, which is, you know, uh, I always look at guys like, um, like Richard Branson and Hugh Hefner and guys who kind of took their personal brand and that became an asset where they, you know, really helped grow their companies. Then you want to be in those like 40 under 40 lists and all that kind of stuff. If you want to build company morale, which is, which is an important thing, um, you typically want to be in like the, like there's a magazine in the US, I don't know if they have it here called Inc., where it's like fastest growing companies in America, but they list like 5,000 companies. So it's like every company. And getting in those lists, you know, is a nice thing that your employees like. As far as human resources and, and PR, um, typically uh, I don't recommend um, professional, like hiring a publicist. Sorry to any publicists out here. Maybe if your company's a little further along, but in the beginning, there's nothing a journalist likes more than hearing directly from the founder. And by the way, as long as we're on the topic of, of PR, um, let's say you want an article written about your company. The general, don't ever do this sort of amateur move that a lot of people do is they, 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 they well, they write a press release, forget about that. Or they will maybe email or, or contact on Twitter or whatever, 10 different journalists or whatever, and say, hey, write about me, I have a really cool company. Typically, to have success in PR, what you want to do is more or less write the story for them. Oh, let me rewind a little bit. First, you want to create a rapport with a reporter or somebody who has a, a voice, an influencer, somebody that, that you, where you like their work. And in the case of a reporter, and how are we doing on time? I don't want to take up all the time. We're okay? Okay. okay. So uh, you want to create a rapport with somebody in who covers your area who you think is cool. And that rapport means don't ask them for anything. Just tell them, if you read an article that they wrote that you liked, just say I liked your article. Or if you have an idea for something that could help them with an article, they, something they didn't know about that doesn't serve you, something that's selfless that you can give to them, hey, I liked your article. 
um, about such and such company. Have you also looked at this other company? They seem like they're doing interesting things. Just things to help. And then once you have a general rapport with a reporter who you like, you want to create an exclusive, something that you can offer to them that you're not offering to any other journalist because writers really like exclusives. So, and not just an exclusive like, like we launched, but an exclusive where you tell them why it's interesting and why it's relevant. And, and if you can, why it's relevant to what's happening now. So for example, like in the music business, uh, the Grammys just announced the Grammy nominees yesterday. So if you could sort of latch on to some news and say, you know, I, one of our artists like works with somebody who is it like, you know, is nominated for a Grammy, or I have an artist who wasn't nominated, but they're they're super interested. They're actually bigger than one of the artists who who was nominated, or something that's relevant to current events. And typically, send the journalist five to ten bullet points of what you what why you think the story is interesting. You're basically writing the story for them. And you're really helping them a lot. And you say, here's the exclusive. I haven't given this to anybody else. Are you interested in writing about this? And the reporter will either say, yes, I want to write about that as the exclusive. Or they'll say no. Or they'll ignore you. If they say no and they ignore you, that's fine. Give them a couple days. Move on to somebody else. And give them the exclusive. And they love hearing from you, not from a publicist. Um, and by the way, if the reporter does say, yes, I want the exclusive. I want to write about that. That's cool. You can then gener generally... That doesn't mean you're just going to get one article in one place. You can come up with new exclusives. So, for example, if your company is launching, you can give somebody, you know, why, why the company is relevant to what's happening now. You can, uh, you have another exclusive, which is um, the first screenshots of your new thing. You can have another exclusive, which is, ah, we raised money. We didn't tell anybody that we raised money, and here's who it's from. So you can usually chop up a story into a bunch of different exclusives and then uh, go pitch those. But the, the takeaway for that is basically you want to write the story for them. You want to think about a story that would be interesting for you to read and then in not so many words, just a few bullet points, just serve it on a silver platter to a journalist and ask them if they want to write that story. Cool. Um, I still want to keep discussing people and team. Um, DistroKid is the largest independent music distribution platform, correct? Yeah, How so many people are you, and when to hire a dedicated marketing person, and so, how to attract uh, well, them to the so, company? Uh, uh, not, you know, you're not here to hear about DistroKid, but I'll just tell you quick. We, really, we help artists and musicians get their music into the online stores like Spotify and iTunes and Google and Amazon and Tidal and Deezer. I got to say all of them. If I leave any of them out, they get very mad at me. So I got to... Uh, anyway, um, we release about 1,200 new albums every day. Um, I, I don't know the exact number, but I think we're probably around 5% of all music that's commercially available in the world, um, and maybe 20% of all the new music that's coming out every day. My company is sort of, a, sort of a, an unusual example, so I won't spend too much time on it, but we're actually very small. Um, the whole company is only eight people, totally bootstrapped. Uh, for this company, I specifically did not raise money. Um, I have raised money. I've raised $50 million for three different companies. I've hired hundreds of people for those companies. I had the biggest ad network in the world where we reached 80% of every internet user. It, uh, before, it was sort of like Google AdSense before there was Google AdSense. Called, it was called AdBright. Um, and, uh, but typically, I'm not that into hiring. It, th there's sort of two rules of, there's two sort of schools of thought. There's what I call the sort of Y Combinator version. The Y Combinator version is 
um, a sort of repeatable way to be successful. So, I mean, no offense to any Y Combinator or Techstars or those sort of incubators, but the idea with those companies is let's reverse engineer a company that is successful, figure out why it's successful, and then just give every entrepreneur the tools to like, they're very into like A-B testing and doing a lot of science and changing little things and seeing if you can, you know, get an extra percent, you know, virality out of your thing. And then there's kind of, you know, what I think of as sort of the artistic or the creative or the, the kind of using intuition and getting from, I don't want to just, uh, so, so if, the reason I bring this up is often a full-time marketing person, especially like a growth hacker, that kind of person is worried about, you know, I, I, we, ha like we have, you know, 20% churn, let's make it 19%. Um, whereas uh, if you think about it like more like an artist and you're doing some of the things that I'm talking about, you can go from, from zero to 20%, you can double, you can triple. I mean, my company triples every year um, in, in users and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I'm not a huge hirer of, uh, of marketing. Now they're probably, if I did have a full-time marketing person, yeah, I could bring my, you know, I could add an extra percent here, an extra percent there. Um, one thing I am a big fan of is using, so for example, if you're doing, um, if you want to do Facebook advertising, which is a thing that's actually really uh, valuable right now. Actually, I'll tell you real quick how I started Fandalism, which I know I'm throwing out all the names of all this shit that you can't even remember, but it, it doesn't matter. I started a thing that now has 700,000 users. It's a social network for musicians. And the way that I got that going was, you, you know when you go like to the nightclub and there's like, like the velvet rope and the guy with the clipboard and he's like, you're not on the list and there's like a line to get into the club. That's marketing, right? Because you see that line and you, you want to, you're like, oh, that place looks really cool. I want to go there. Or like nobody wants to go to a totally empty restaurant, you know? Um, so uh, vandalism, uh, my, my big musician uh, social network kind of grew that way. So I made it invite only at the beginning. And what I did was, if you would go to vandalism and it said, this is just... A, um, a, a website for the best musicians in the world. The idea is you sign up for this, not DistroKid, but uh, Fandalism, a social network I have, um, is uh, where, it's, uh, where musicians just go to meet each other and, and start bands and stuff like that. Anyway, it said this is just, a, it's closed. It's invite only. You have to be referred by somebody else who vouches for how good you are, how good of a guitar player you are or drummer or whatever. Um, but that's obviously not enough because if you put that up, like you still have no users, right? How do you get users? Here's what I did. I created another, like a back door. So it was like fandalism.com slash invite or something like that where anybody could sign up. And then I went to Facebook and I spent like only like $2,000 or something on ads. It was not a big ad spend. And I targeted musicians in Brazil. And the reason I chose musicians in Brazil is Brazil is really big. Brazil is, uh, is English speaking, uh, in much, much of it is, uh, and the website was in English. And Brazil happens to have a, a strong musician community. There's a big appreciation for music there. So, but the main reason I chose it, Salt is super cheap. It was like, um, I got it down to about 20 cents a user uh, on Facebook. And so I would buy these Facebook ads targeted toward Brazil. It would send, and the ads, by the way, were like, meet other musicians. And the ads targeting, targeting women, sorry if it's heteronormative, but the ads targeting women had like a good-looking guy playing guitar, and the ads targeting men had like a good-looking woman playing guitar. So it was a little eye-catching. 
and it said, you know, meet other musicians. It wasn't for dating or anything like that, but you're just like, oh, what is this? And you would click, the, per, the user would, would click it. They would get into this sign-up flow, which, uh, so, so I use sort of two methods here. One is I use the sort of, this is exclusive uh, thing. They would get in, I'd say, well, you got in through this back door. You can now invite only five people, but the five Facebook friends who you, uh, who are the best musicians you know, and every musician, and sorry I keep talking about music, but that's you know what this thing was. Um, every musician has like a couple of people who they know are musicians, so people would invite their friends, and then I used another marketing method there, which was the Facebook viral loop. Now the Facebook viral loop has largely closed, but uh, the point is once they get in, they'd invite the five people, and then it would like put wall posts on those five people who you invited, saying, hey, congratulations, so-and-so said that you're a great you know, guitar player, you can join, you, you now have access to this closed thing. Um, and that grew, like I said, to about a, a little over 700,000 users. So thank you, my name is Jusu Kangas, and I would like to ask you about collaborations. What do you think of those? If I would like somebody on my same field to ma make an article, a YouTube video, or Instagram post about me, and I could make an Instagram post or YouTube video blog about them. How would you think about this? So, um, so the question is uh, collaboration, specifically uh, uh, somebody making a YouTube or Instagram video about you, and you make one about them. Um, well, it, so if if you that th there's sort of an unequal balance there because you you know the 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 idea here is that you'd want to go to people who are bigger than you. Um, so I, I won't you know I I have like five thousand I don't have that many YouTube followers, five or six thousand or something, um, but I would be more interested in somebody with like a million YouTube followers. Um, so uh, ways to get them to write about you you can offer them some form of money. Uh, some, if you don't have money, uh, some form of, of stock or equity, which is a really messy one. So, you know, that's, that's a weird one. Uh, maybe if somebody super, you know, if you want Lady Gaga to talk about you or something, the companies would give her like a little bit of like an advisory, you know, role. Um, or some kind of trade where that person gets some data or something interesting that you have that they may want. I'll give you an example of, on DistroKid. Um, there is uh, a big record label called Priority Records. And Priority Records, um, you know, I wanted them, they have a big audience of musicians, I wanted them to talk about uh, how great DistroKid is, and, and they, and this isn't private because it's out there, they wanted uh, to discover promising new artists, so we have this sort of thing where they, they send people to a special link on my site, and then anybody who signs up through that link, I give them uh, the data from those customers. I say, here's who signed up, and here's how popular they are, and maybe you're interested in them. So there's some sort of like that. Okay, that is all the time that we have. Oh, geez, uh, I'm sorry. Thank you very much, Philip. Um, hope you have a great time in Finland. Thanks for listening to the Slush Podcast. Find out more about Slush at slush.org. Please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>